In this show, we learn that implementing discipline and focus to your daily life is a key component to your success. In our society, there are plenty of men, but very few that use their talents to help others. World-renowned master speed painter Michael Israel has committed his life to raising awareness, raising money, motivating and inspiring huge crowds for great causes. His artwork has sold for as much as $250,000, and he has raised millions of dollars for over 100 charitable organizations such as Special Olympics, All-Star Children's Foundation, and the Navy SEAL Family Foundation. He has also performed for the President of the United States and numerous Fortune 100 CEOs, including Warren Buffett. Welcome to the Man of War podcast, where we forge men into warriors and get them battle ready for the game of life. Learn warrior hacks that strengthen your mindset, self-confidence, courage, and personal protection skills. Unlock a life that embodies a warrior spirit for dynamic success in life and in business. If you're joining us for the first time, you're tuning in to the one and only podcast that empowers you to achieve greatness by living the warrior lifestyle. Each show, we interview elite men from around the globe and delve deep into their mindset and daily rituals, uncovering their secrets to success. I'm Rafa Conde, founder and creator of the Man of War movement. Join me on this life-altering journey where we recharge your mind, body, and spirit. Hey guys, just a quick order of business. First off, I want to express my gratitude and say thank you so much for your mind-boggling support. Our numbers are through the roof, literally a thousand times better than I ever expected this podcast to be doing after only four or five shows. Please continue to subscribe, sharing it the way you're doing it. This is a way we're going to get to the top. We're going to spread this all over the world to warrior-minded men just like yourself. Remember to stop by manofwar.live subscribe to our newsletter and from there we're going to send you a free guide titled seven steps to the making of a modern day warrior and let's jump right into it michael nice to see you back how are you today hey i'm great it's good to be here a little beat up from the workout (laughs) (laughs) yeah we had a nice workout today and certainly uh michael brings a lot of energy when he comes here and he works out with us so um, real quick, introduce yourself. Your name is uh, Michael Israel, and uh, you're definitely one of the hottest artists right now on the scene. Want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, let's see. Um, martial artist since 68, uh, gives away my age, and uh, live action painter. Uh, if you've seen my work or my show, you can see a lot of the martial arts go into being able to do my uh, six-foot-tall, five-minute paintings. Michael, basically, um, the reason I'm having you on this podcast is simple, all right? I've known you for a few years now, and uh, one of the things that stood out um, when you, when I first met you was not only were you a very talented artist, but um, you also come from a martial arts background and you live the warrior lifestyle, and this show is all about the warrior lifestyle. So what I want to have you do here is just right off the bat, um, you know, just tell us a little bit about your background, where you came from, and so on. Well, I grew up on a houseboat pretty much alone um, in Hollywood, so martial arts was like my my escape. It was my drug, kept me off the streets, and uh, when I was by myself, I would train all day long, and whenever I could get to the dojo, which was literally 40 miles from the house, and before I was driving, uh, 
I would have my mom drop me there on Friday and pick me up on Sunday. I'd sleep on the dojo floor to be able to train. And uh, I was very fortunate to uh, train under uh, Dr. Mel Wise. And uh, uh, fanatic would be a mild word for the way he trained. And uh, we studied anatomy and physiology and uh, martial arts, you know, karate history, as well as the physical training. So it was, it was really something. So you came up uh, living a warrior way pretty much. You were following the path from a very young age. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I used to tour summers with my dad and get in all sorts of issues. So I got plenty of opportunity to see what uh, really works and what doesn't. <laughs> so tell us basically, what is the focus of your business? Well, I do uh, large, larger-than-life paintings, they say, on stage. Uh, could be a portrait of a rock star could be an emotional piece like a firefighter rescuing a small child. I do a lot of corporate events, motivational events, presidential events, and near and dear to my heart are the charity fundraisers. So I'm proud to say I raise millions of dollars for a lot of different worthy causes, whether it's pediatric brain cancer or a tribute to our troops. You've worked uh, with the Navy SEALs. You've worked with uh, different uh, children um, areas. And then certainly one of the beautiful things about this is that uh, when you go out there, you raise quite a bit of money. And I've seen you uh, perform in these um, amazing shows. And uh, sometimes I shake my head and I said, I just don't know how you do it. I mean, you're painting five, six, seven uh, huge larger-than-life paintings out there. And uh, you got to have tremendous stamina. How do you do that? Technique. <laughs> years and years of training. is like martial arts. You know, you, you look at... Uh, an accomplished martial artist and there's not as much effort going into his motion as a novice so uh, I can bang out paintings in five minutes that take other people months to do and uh, you know it just uh, a lot a lot of training I used to do hundreds of paintings a day when I was at festivals as a kid so just like the martial artist that's doing thousands of punches uh, I did so many brush strokes I literally got blisters on my fingers I used to keep a bucket of ice to soak my hand in when I was doing the festivals. So tell me then, how did you get into this? I mean, how did you get into painting? How did you get into doing this specific type of work? Well, martial arts was my first love. I liked dragons. I didn't like the way anybody else drew or painted them, so I started doing it myself. The next thing you know, I was selling my artwork at uh, art festivals, and I would sell out, so I would bring blank material and paint whatever anybody wanted. And being a martial artist, I would paint with a standing easel and I'd be in a little bit of a stance and maybe have two or three or four uh, pieces up in front of me and I would do like yellow, 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 red, 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 you know, and go blasting through these with rock music blasting so I could get pumped and into it. And I'd look over my shoulder and there'd be people as far back as I could see waiting to buy a, a piece from me. And it was like, wow, this is pretty cool, you know, because I was in the zone and everybody was in the zone with me. So it was really a a lot of fun. I used to think, gee, if I could get a dollar from everybody that was watching to watch, I could give the artwork away because back then I only charged like $3 for whatever you wanted. Now I'm happy to say they've gone as high as a quarter million. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I've seen you perform out there and you definitely get in a flow. You get focused uh, and you just get in this type of deep state of mind. Uh, Japanese will call it mushin, the state of no mind where you're there, you're focused in your paintings and, and uh, uh, basically everyone around you, you might have hundreds of people sitting in the audience clapping you on, but you're so focused on, on, on being there and, and just performing and getting, you know, achieving that type of photo or whatever image you are um, painting. It's unbelievable. Um, 
So what kind of mindset do you use when you go? When I'm, tell me when you're walking into stage, when you're walking up the stage. I mean, what, what, what are you I'm, thinking? I'm actually pretty chill. You know, a lot of people uh, come up to me and ask me if I need to take a nap or if I'm okay because I'm usually pretty laid back before I get on stage. And I guess that's like a lot of martial artists too where there's like, you know, the calm before the storm. And uh, when I'm on stage, uh, I'm, I'm really, not, I'm in a zone, but I'm in the zone with everybody. I can feel like everybody's energy. And I mean, I've snapped inch thick brushes in half without, that I couldn't jump on and break, you know, in the middle of a show just from this like energy that feeds through me. And, uh, you know, these paintings just kind of happen with this, uh, it's just, you just, well, you've experienced it, so you kind of know what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, when the horses come around the bend at the racetrack and there's this just electric energy. So tell me something. What is your definition of a modern-day warrior? A uh, modern-day warrior is one that uh, doesn't give up, fall down six times, get up seven, you know, goes after their goals, does what they need to do whether they want to do it or not. Um, you know, I can tell you there's a lot of days where I want to go right past my studio and keep going down to the keys or when I come out of the studio I just want to throw the keys over my head and say yeah that's enough for me you know I put in uh, I clocked it a couple of times and it's 14 to 16 hour days on average so uh, you know that's a lot to go paint on stage for you know 20 minutes so you're talking about mind discipline and self-discipline yeah focus on your goals you know and know you know you're uh, same as being in the dojo you know you got to do that 10,000 punches to be able to do that one that really counts well stated well stated so tell me what uh what inspires you what motivates you what kind of keeps you going oh it's like the chicken and the egg you know i don't know what comes first sometimes a piece of music will hit me and it's like i, I see a story in it another time somebody will tell me a story about something that happened in their life or i'll, I'll meet a family that's had uh uh, fighting a, a disease or something or something there's headlines something that happened that's uh, either really good or really bad and you get this this burning in the pit of your stomach and you feel like you have to do something and that's when I create these these pieces so basically I mean you, you get some some motivation from within, within side and, and from your center and you just kind of move from there so what inspires you to do these pieces? I mean, do you look at photos, the news, things that pop up on your head, books? Everything. I mean, it could be anything. I could eat something bad for lunch and it could expire me, you know, or, uh, you know, I'll wake up at three in the morning and go, oh my God, I got to do this. This is going to be so cool. Or I'll hear a song that I've heard a thousand times and that thousand, thousandth time something in the lyrics will just strike totally I am, I'm with you there I mean I could be listening to a song and, and, and you could hear it 10,000 times and it's that one time that all of a sudden the, the, the lyrics either inspire you motivate you or hit you or slap you across the face and wake you up I'm a big fanatic of music tell me something when you were growing up who was your mentor my sensei I, I, without a doubt my sensei was my mentor he was um stricken with leukemia, was given six months to live, and he went on for six years. He used to sneak out of the hospital to teach classes. Uh, just unbelievable drive this man had, and he led a group of warriors. I mean, these guys, everyone in the dojo just did not stop. You know, if you passed out, you got back up right away and just kept going. He motivated you, pushed you, and then you saw in him that fighting spirit, that warrior fighting spirit that we call where he was just driving in and, and he was challenged by a disease that he had and he just fought through it and he was there day in, day out teaching and kind of inspiring and motivating and in the end he was leading. And, uh, he had this really fanatic attitude. So basically everybody was a punk, including himself. 
You couldn't know martial arts, you could only study it. Hey guys, let's break for a quick moment. I just want to remind you to join our brotherhood at manofwar.live. Go there, sign up for our newsletter, and we'll send you an immediate free gift, the guide called Seven Steps to the Making of a Modern Day Warrior. Now listen up, if you've decided that living the warrior lifestyle is for you and you want to take it up to that next level and start walking the warrior's path, boy, we have something very special for you. Now we just rolled out the Warrior Development Program. This is a virtual online training program that will give you the step-by-step framework to transform you into a modern day warrior. I want you to stop by warriorbreed.co and check it out. Now back to the program. And uh, when we went to tournaments, you know, our green belts put black belts on, went out, cleaned up at the tournament, came back to the dojo, and he's like, okay, put your green belt back on. You're not a black belt. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and we, we just trained that way. You know, there was uh, all, all plate glass windows in the dojo with a western exposure where the sun was going down and plate glass mirrors on the other side. So it was like being in a reflective oven with no uh, air conditioning and, and uh, no, no vents. It was like a front door and a back door and we were lucky if he opened it. So the, the windows, you could write letters, you know, in the sweat yeah. that was condensating on the windows. It was uh, people that hadn't trained. It was like hot yoga when it was karate class, you know. Yeah. Um, so we, we uh, newbies would pass out quite a bit in there. All right, so let us dig deeper a little bit into your mind here, all right? What was the toughest time in your life? I mean, how did you adapt and overcome that specific time in your life? Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of tough times. I think the roughest was a while back when I, I had uh, gotten hit by a, a series of, what do they say, serendipitous uh, events. Uh, I was in a car accident and partial lost partial use of my arm bad neck injury um, I had uh, taken a big bank loan to buy some equipment for my company and the uh, company that was making the equipment went under so they took all my money so I was going bankrupt and I was going through a divorce at the same time so I had lost my health my career my finances and my family all in one shot and on that particular day I was doing a lot of metal work I had gotten a metal shaving in my eye uh, I was on some painkiller for the car accident, so I remember that you know I couldn't drive myself to the hospital. I didn't have insurance at the time anyway, so I just laid on the floor in my studio. That's where I was sleeping those days, looking at the ceiling with swirls from the metal in my eye, and I guess the painkiller, thinking, well, it can't get any worse, you know. And uh, you know, not too many years later, I'm painting at presidential galas, running around covered in paint in my socks and what, and what looks like pajamas and hanging out with the president and first lady. So that was, you know. What a ride, huh? Yeah, no matter how low you go, you can always come back up, you know. In, in fact, it's only up from the bottom. Once you hit rock bottom, your only way up is uh, in an upward trajectory, no doubt about it. So tell me, what have been your biggest successes in life? I mean, what, what are the things that stand out to you most? Uh, a lot of different things. I mean, uh, in the physical plane, uh, there's a couple of people who I've gotten into some tussles and saved some lives, so that's a big deal. I, not in law enforcement, but uh, I've had some, some real-life opportunities to do something good, and I've done the same thing with my paintbrush by raising money for uh, different uh, uh, cure diseases and things. Uh, SMA, they just finally have a cure that actually got through FDA, and uh, they're trying to bring the price down on it, but I was able to play a little part in that and a number of other things, so I'm really proud of that. As far as being an artist, um, 
certainly painting for the president or Warren Buffett is a big accomplishment, but I had, knew I had arrived when I heard a rumbling in a dumpster behind one of the stages uh, where I had performed. And I looked over and there was a little lady in the dumpster. And I like, there's something wrong with this picture, you know? And she was holding a rag covered with paint. It was one of the rags I had used to wipe my hands. And she was very embarrassed. And she says, is it okay if she keeps it? Because she loved my painting, but couldn't afford it. So she had climbed in the dumpster <laughs> to get a rag. And I was like, oh my God. You know, I, I gave her a piece, you know, right. you know, an actual piece to take. But I was like, my work, somebody thought that much of my work. You know, amazing. Uh, that amazing. that that's that's when I knew I had arrived. Not painting for the president, but that sure. I had moved somebody that strongly. Has there ever been a time in your life where you've had to defend yourself, your family, or fight for a cause, or for that matter, use some some of your skills or your background to stop some type of violence yeah, in your life? There's been a number of times. Uh, you know, um, from when I was about fourteen on, I was the the kind of the bouncer for for my uh, dad's business he was touring in uh, fairs and festivals and uh, there was a an instance where um, I saw a man beating another man on the pavement and I watched the guy on the bottom go limp and blood's just flying everywhere and nobody's doing anything so I pulled the other fellow off um, uh, used a rear naked choke gave him enough of a squeeze to let him know you know there'd be a problem if he didn't relax and told him when I let go if he didn't take off that uh, I was going to put him down so he took off but I later found out a pretty big guy I found out he was um, on parole um, and he was on parole for barehanded murder mm. and the guy he was beating on uh, the ambulance came and took him and uh, I found out later on because uh, we saw that guy again about six weeks later he had uh, literally straight lined in the ambulance they had to revive him so he died <laughs> had to be brought back to life. Wow. So had I waited, you know, even seconds more, uh, he, he would not have survived. What did you learn from that experience? Don't wait. You know, if you if you know what you're going to do, just do it. Don't sit there and think about it because everybody else was standing around with their mouths hanging wide open. They'd, the guy that was on top was just vicious. I mean, he was... Yeah, hesitation's a killer. I mean, sometimes whether you apply it to a situation of self-defense or a situation in life in general you hesitate most of the time you're going to lose um, so it, certainly that that's a that was an interesting experience here um, talk to me about situational awareness I mean how do you live your life I mean when you go out there and, and you're doing these shows and you travel because you must travel all over uh, I could only imagine you know getting into an airport going into a hotel and then going into a banquet or a conference room I mean how do you kind of keep your antennas up and, and, and keep that 360 degree awareness? Well, awareness has got to be a conscious thing. You have to really work at it and then try to make it habit. And uh, I'm guilty of, of, of getting out of the habit from time to time. And uh, it's really something you got to pull yourself back into, I think, and focus on and be aware that, uh, you know, bad things happen. When I had my dojos and I was training people, what I would notice uh, is people get comfortable. You know, at first you, you feel, oh, I better watch out. I better not go down this alley or in South Beach. I better be, you know, careful. And then you do it 10 times and nothing happens to you. So then you're, well, it's, it's safe. It's okay. I can let my guard down. And that's when something happens, you know. And uh, so you really, you really have to train yourself and, and keep your guard up and pay attention uh, all the time. I mean, 
one of my students was a new uh, police officer, and he went out to his car from a nightclub with four guys hanging around his car. And he's like, hey, get away from my car, you know, I'm a cop, you know, and uh, didn't do him a lot of good when they basically beat him up, made him open his car and took his, his stuff, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, awareness is really, you know, key. I don't think he saw as many guys that were there, you know, I don't think he saw them all when he, when he went there because he just wasn't, wasn't really focusing, you know, because we, we chatted about it after. So give us a little glimpse of your daily routine. Well, it, it, it changes a bit from time to time, uh, depending on how busy I am with work, but I'm usually up somewhere between 4 and 6 a.m. Uh, that's kind of my quiet time when uh, nobody's listening, so I, I either use that to hit the, uh, the gym over at my house, or I use it to return emails or work on letters or something without you know, any interruption. So that's, that's like special time. Um, I was kind of a Starbucks fan. I just uh, have a lot of friends there, so that's a good networking place. So around six, seven o'clock, I wind up there for a little bit. Um, after that, a little bit of uh, private uh, family time or whatever, and then I head into work. So tell me something. What 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 warrior hacks do you use daily? Well, I, mean, I think what? a lot of it is just focus on goals, and and that's something you do whether you're you're training for competition or you're doing business, and and you. Uh, you know, you, you kind of play out things in your mind and, and rehearse it and then go through it. You know, the old measure twice, cut once kind of thing, uh, as far as that goes. Um, you know, in my business processes, um, I kind of uh, try to do the same thing we would do in, in training where it's uh, the straightest line to the target, so to speak, and if you can minimize uh, effort we do that, so I'm, I'm constantly revising and redoing. And a lot of my business is very physical with the live painting and stuff, so I'm always changing the mechanisms that I use. I'm, I'm setting up a rehearsal stage now to, to actually train my painting like I would train kata or kihon or ipon, so it's uh, much faster and more precise. So in the mornings, basically, you kind of structure your day. Is that what you do? And you kind of focus, have a goal in mind of what you're going to do that day. And then, I mean, what's your day like? I mean, in general, I mean, is it something where you just wake up in the morning and then you kind of let your day play out, or do you have it structured from the second that you wake um, up? I have a basic structure for, you know, the next two years pretty much, uh, geared up in, in uh, a software that I use that, uh, that follows a little bit of the getting things done methodology and. Um, works with uh, things called opportunities and projects and aligns tasks and goals and things like that and prioritizes uh, all the different things that I'm doing. And then, uh, you know, I have to keep a balance between trying to stay in shape, trying to stay mentally focused. Uh, for me, the biggest thing, uh, you know, if I'm painting and, and I'm either out of shape or I'm not focused, uh, you know, painting doesn't come out good. You know, it's like a fighter going in the ring. If you're not sharp, you know, you're going to get your head taken off. So if I'm not sharp, my, my show's not going to be good too. Or, you know, on the flip side, staying uh, with enough training to when you're, you are in a strange town, you know, at least you're not getting uh, dragged down a back alley somewhere. So it's very rare to have, you know, an artist like yourself or, or someone kind of stay and stay structured and kind of grow in that path, an old school mentality, rather than coming in and just, you know, start painting something and start selling 
paintings for oh, $500, $1,000 because I just started last month. I went to a uh, quote unquote, you know, a top of the line artist school. And I've been an artist now for what, a year, six months or a year. Well, someone like yourself comes from a background that you basically were, were um, you studied martial arts, you went into a path, you stayed the course and over the last few years, you've really brought yourself up, you know, brought your game up to a level that is, as we call it, it's the next level. Uh, yeah, but no matter how, how high you go, you still need to uh, realize there's higher you can go and, uh, you know, realize where you came from and that sort of thing. So when, I, when I'm at a show, you know, it's like I don't just hang out in the dressing room and no, don't, not talk to anybody. I hang out with everybody and I'll hang out with the kitchen staff or whatever too. And, you know, it's funny, I, I hired somebody to, in my studio and I says, um, you know, there was a coffee on one of the counters. Can you take that and, you know, dump it in, in the back? And the guy's like, no, this is not what I was hired to do. I'm not a janitor. And I'm like, really? So I'm like this big celebrity artist. And, you know, I take whoever's coffee cups and dump them out. And if there's something laying on the floor, I'll pick it up. And I'll do the same thing at a show. You know, half the time it doesn't look good. But, I, you know, if there's a little speck of paint where it should be and my crew's not around to go scrub it up, I'll go do it. And I'm like, Really? You know, is it people that stuck up, you know? So, uh, and the same with hard work, you know? I mean, I'm probably the hardest working one in my studio. You know, my, my staff uh, usually is surprised at the hours I put in and how, how hard I work at things. So I don't ask anyone to do anything I can't do myself. When you first started, you first started training martial arts and you started heading in that direction, I mean, there was a pivot point in your life. There was a time, a place where your life shifted. Right, when you said, okay, this is what I want to do, where was that point in your well, life? I think when I, you know, the first day I trained any karate, I knew I loved it. You know, that was, that was without a doubt. But uh, same with painting, you know, people, there's a lot of pivot points, but it's a work in progress. It's a never ending. It's, it's you know, there's certainly pinnacle points, you know, like uh, when I got my black belt, when I won my, actually when I got my blue belt, which was the first belt my sensei gave me that promotion was like 10 times harder than my black belt promotion and the Grand Nationals put together. But, uh, you know, it was a, an achievement. And keep, keep on keeping on, you know. And you focus your goals and you keep going after it. What advice would you give to our listeners that want to learn to live a warrior lifestyle? Well, I would say the first thing you need to do is figure out what you want to do. Find your goal. You know, if you're in a sailboat, you, can, you, know, you can't get anywhere unless you know where you want to go. And then you're going to make a lot of corrections along the way. Once you figure out your goal, be committed to it and do everything and anything you can. Don't think that doing a little bit or doing the recommended amount is, is going to be enough. Everything is always harder than anyone tells you it is and expect it to be, you know. Uh, so I'm sorry to say, you know, a pessimist is never disappointed, you know. So, you know, uh, know you're going to fail and get up and keep going. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, great to have you here. Where can uh, people reach you, Michael? Uh, MichaelIsrael.com. There's about a million ways to get me when you do that, or just Google my name. You'll find me. For all the listeners out there, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, this was Michael Israel, uh, one of the guys out there that uh, I've known for quite some time, and uh, he certainly lives a uh, warrior lifestyle. Gentlemen, thank you for spending time with us. I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast so you can continue receiving your weekly motivation and framework to living the warrior lifestyle. Also, visit us at manofwar.live and subscribe to our newsletter. 
If you enjoyed this podcast and you know other warrior-minded men that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. This is the way we grow our brotherhood of select men. Last but not least, check out the Warrior Development online training program where the brotherhood of warrior-minded men continues to grow daily at warriorbreed.co. And finally, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Man of War Movement. Look forward to having each and every one of you back on our next podcast. Until next time, remember, your journey may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your next battle may be your greatest victory. Stay safe, brothers.